weekend tell me, dude, I'm just so happy that the NBA Finals are over. Now I can stop hearing about LeBron James so much on your show. I love your show, but I'm just I'm tired of all the LeBron James. And I just wrote him back immediately, and I said, dude, even if he goes, he's still going to be the most dominant basketball player in the league, still one of the biggest basketball players in the league, probably going to still talk about LeBron James a little bit, especially since there will always be an Ohio connection. Yeah, God knows we never talk about Tom Brady. (laughs) Come on, man. So plenty to get to with LeBron, and we will will do that uh, multiple times today. There's already rumors. Guys may want to come here. Maybe who's going this. Maybe he's going to go here. I I, I know there's a couple industry people out in Los Angeles that say, dude, it's a foregone conclusion. He's a Laker. We already know. I don't necessarily agree that it's a foregone conclusion. He's a Laker. I do I would admit that LA probably at least in the running. Um, I did have my morning start a little weird. I uh, I got up on time perfectly. Right. I, I, dude, I got a uh, uh, dude great weekend full of rest and all that. But I was getting on the on ramp right off a of cherry there to get onto uh, the freeway. And dude, there was already a car flipped over. Wow. Like I mean, dude, and I'm saying all four windows look like smashed out on the roof. I mean, dude, it was like I mean, he had complete he or she had completely flipped it over a couple of times. There were people pulled off to the side of the road. There was like two cop cars and like you know other people trying to help. And we saw this and this. I was like, all right, I don't have time for this. I gotta go. But already this morning, so just be careful out there. When we uh, when we come to work, it's this weird time because you and I have woken up and we're ready to go to work. And here we go. Yeah. And it's very much like well, everyone else is probably in. This situation four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're probably going to work right now, and it's like, no, I'm no, coming no. home. Coming home from a bar, idiot. Where do you think I'm coming? Or from? coming home from work after a long shift. You know I, what I mean? Uh, like that can happen. Yeah, I just, I just think that that's that's you know way more common than people think. And probably between between four and like six o'clock in the morning, if you're on the road, like it doesn't seem like you should be thinking about DUI people, but like they're out there. Well, more and more, those numbers have been going up in in recent years of the morning DUI because they are they're starting to get smarter about that and plus now everybody's on painkillers yeah. so you know what i mean yeah. so more and more like the morning dui is going to be a thing how was your weekend uh pretty good it felt really 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 long it well, felt like good. yeah it felt like i had like three weekends shoved into one there um mostly because you were trapped in the house and were too poor to do anything uh, well at least partially <laughs> at, least, at least at least partially there uh payday coming up soon hopefully for the boys here but it uh it was it was a lot of family stuff which is good you know i i'm not going to complain about but at the same time sounds like you want When it's full the entire weekend, I mean, it was just like, all right, we're doing, you know, my girlfriend's like, all right, we're doing something with my family Friday, and then I had to go do something for work on Friday, and then Saturday I had to go see my nephew play baseball, and then she's like, all right, well, then Saturday we got to do another thing with my family, and then Sunday I had to do something with my family, and I'm like, God, dude, I mean, I love you guys, but not that much. Oh, wow. I don't love you that much. I'm surprised it dragged then. Normally, that sounds like that would have made it just fly by, like you didn't get anything. I think think what it was is there was just so much shoved in there, every day kind of felt like its own like all right that was that was a weekend like that was it, it, it was just like I said like three four five family things we had to do over the course of the weekend and it was just oh my god man enough Enough. Here I sit, 35 years old. My grandparents are still alive. I should be like, that's so nice. I'm like, no, I hate these sons of bitches. I want to (laughs) go. Yeah, no, there is some truth in that for sure. Because there was a little bit of me yesterday. Like, honestly, if it rains like it did yesterday on Sunday for me, there's nothing for me to do. Like, nothing. Like, because honestly, golf is the only thing I want to do on Sunday. And so, as it's raining there yesterday, I honestly, I was so bored. I woke up really early, had the show prepped pretty early. Right. So by the time, by the middle of the afternoon, I was like, dude, I got Netflix, I got Hulu, I got an Xbox, I got all this stuff, and none of it. Like, honestly, I wanted to watch nothing. Yeah, that's the worst. When you have literally 
I can never go to jail, bro. A million options in front of you. You could watch anything that you want. It's like, dude, I got all the time in the world. Nobody's going to bug me. And it's like, this sucks. This sucks. I don't want to watch this. This looks terrible. I started 25 things and then shut them all off early. How far do you go into something before you decide it's time to get it to like, I'm done with this? Well, something will happen. All right. Like, all right. So I was always a big Archer fan, right? Yeah. And I had never seen this last season nine. Yeah. Right. I hadn't seen it. So I was like, all right, well, it's, I don't really want to watch it. I was like, hey, the, the last season I saw was like the 1950s one. And that one wasn't great. So right. I was like, all right, I'm probably not going to love this. So this weird thing will happen with me while I'll be in my living room and I'll start an episode like that. And then like 10 minutes into it, I'll find myself just wandering around the house. Like I was watching that. And now it was so it it didn't hold my attention enough to keep me on the couch. Yeah, it's one thing if it's your phone and it distracts you, and then you're like, dude, stop, so, you know, pay attention to this. But if you stand up and start doing something else, yeah, that's that's all. So over. I shut that off. I mean, I I tried watching a thousand things, and I couldn't get locked into anything. I just don't. I don't know, man. Scripted TV for me right now is really hard. It's really bad. I, I think at least a part of it is is we've all gotten so overstimulated at this point. We all no denying. We we, we all no, have, you have so many options available to you and none of them look good. It's like going to a restaurant with a giant menu and you're like, I'm starving. I'm, I, I want to eat something. But there's too many pages. Right. There's eight yeah. different pages. You've got dinners. You've got sandwiches. You've got all this different stuff here. Do they actually do, do uh, like put a pin in that? Cause that's going to come into a huge thing later, the, okay. later on this morning in the show. Okay. Like, but y- y- the overstimulation is, is causing a huge problem in this country. It's uh, it's just, it's just gotten to the point where I agree with you a hundred percent where I, I, I want to watch something, and there's so many things people are like, "Well, you should watch this," and I'm like, "I don't want to watch that." <laughs> like, you should watch this, and I'm like, "No, that looks terrible." Honestly, too. even but like people's suggestions make me more mad about it. Even like, how dare you suggest it to me? Like, I don't like. There's not. I I just don't. I'm not finding much interesting right now. I think what uh, you know, this is this is very much when you have the entire internet on your phone, you can listen to any song you want, dude. In the entire catalog of music, things are just less special, right? They and, are, and now it's just like, nah. But I'll just keep listening to the same things over and over again. I don't care. I'll just watch the same episode of Friends. I don't care. Whatever. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if that's if that's if that's a sign of you getting older. And I'm not saying you. I'm just saying like the the, the general you getting older. Or no, because if- we all do it. I, I, the, the younger generation does it too. I used to think that that was like an older thing, but there's comfort in you know what it is. It's like there's white noise, and the thing that you know silences it out. You know what I mean? Like you're in there and you're like, oh my God, there's this, or and I could watch this, and I could watch this, and I could watch, or I could listen to this. And it's just like, ah, uh, until I figure it out, let me just, you just go back to the comfort food. And I, I was like watching this Hulu, and honestly, it's a pretty cool service, but I was like, I'm paying $40 a month for this. There's a thousand things on this. And essentially, I'm doing it so I can watch the golf tournaments, so I can watch the NBA finals, and the season finale of Billions, which was on last night. I can't wait to get home and watch that this afternoon. And then outside of that, I'm pretty much done. Like, if you get me outside of, like, live sport competition programming, I'm just not enjoying much these days. We do have to get into one thing that happened with the NBA Finals with LeBron and his hand and this whole thing. That's next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Uh, yo, guys, it is Fantone from The Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. That's right, Fight Fest. It all happens June 30th from the legendary Chaparral's Event Center in Akron. Honor Fighting Championship, the fastest growing MMA promotion in America. If you've been to one of these events, you know why. If you haven't, make sure Fight Fest is the one you come to. We've got 17 hard-hitting bouts lined up and you could be a part of the action. Tickets still available as well as VIP packages. Get yourself hooked up at honorfightingchampionship.com. 6 9.
Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com, where you can see some uh, some new game trailers from E3. Uh, we have both Fallout 76, the full gameplay reveal trailer, and also Madden 19 up, uh, available for you now. Okay. What is E3 is the big video gaming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that thing has grown massively in the last few years. Massively. Um, it's like one of the most, I think, streamed events in the world via the internet that people log on to watch happen like it's like a huge deal i'm not really one of those i'm more like eh, once the trailers start to come out i'll pick and choose the ones i want to watch like i can't sit there and watch like everything i don't care enough about all gaming right but you tell me like the two systems i have here's microsoft and here's you know nintendo switches releases okay now i'm interested but i don't necessarily need to know what's coming out on playstation because i don't you know what i mean i don't have that now are both of these games madden 19 and uh what'd you say uh call of duty 76 or these uh, fallout 76 76? yeah they're both available uh, across multiple platforms okay so they're available for you to see at wrqk.com obviously the nba finals over the weekend um it went down pretty much the way i told you it would i felt like the Cavs had maybe a chance to win one but probably going to get swept and sure enough that's what happened now there are people who want to say, well, this ends the debate now between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. I don't believe it does. I believe LeBron is better. However, what I will say is, is that Jordan fans, you do have more than enough evidence to where it can't be for sure LeBron's better. You do have enough, you have enough arguments on your side to where if you don't want to give it up, I agree with you. You don't necessarily have to give it up. There are some, there are some damning things against LeBron's legacy as far as like how people judge this stuff. There are, there are enough marks to where if Jordan fans don't want to give it up, that's fine. I do believe he's done it. Yeah. To act like, to act like there's not, you know, side or points for Jordan and, you know, slights against Would LeBron. Be a you, I mean, you're crazy at that point. Um, I think the problem is, is when people get into that conversation, it's a lot easier easier to remember somebody's faults 20 years ago rather than it is two days ago. You know what I mean? You cover up Jordan's faults because it's like, dude, okay, 20 yeah, years yeah, ago, I, I, I don't have to, I don't, you know. No, no, and, you know, we've talked about this a thousand times. You see every LeBron miss in a retweet. When you watch Jordan highlights, what are they showing you? The highlights. All you watch is like, you know, bucket after bucket after bucket. Now, don't get me wrong. He was great. And I do believe that people are right. See, like Jason Whitlock, I feel like went too far. He said, LeBron's a great player. He's not a great competitor. That's crazy. I think if you look at his numbers in the NBA finals, you cannot call the guy a not great competitor. I, I just, that's too, for me way too far. And I love Whitlock, but that's way too far. But I would admit that it does seem as if that that thing, that X Factor thing, that I don't know if it was marketing, I don't know if it was like legitimate or not, that, that Michael and both Kobe both seem to have, LeBron doesn't seem to have it. Now, I don't know if that's positioning, I don't know if that's how they're showing it to me, I don't know what that is, but I would admit that that dog factor, LeBron doesn't seem to have that as much, even though the numbers are through the roof in what he did. Yeah, I was going to say, is I it mean, e- the numbers are there. So, like I said, it could be how it's being positioned to me. Is it, is it, is it that that dog factor is a lot easier to pull out? when you have people that you can count on behind you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, th- this whole Michael didn't have help thing is crazy. I mean, that, th- that team was loaded. I mean, it was loaded. They lost two. I, I, I think that what was he was there the, the one year they won 57. He leaves and they won 55. So, I mean, there was plenty going on there. Scotty Pippen was a great player. There's a bunch of other great players. That whole thing is crazy, right? So, I, I don't know. Like I said, it could be positioning, but it does seem... I'll say that. Now, again, I was a kid. While growing up, if Michael had the ball in the fourth quarter, I felt like even if they were down, dude, Mike's going to find a way to win. Much like Brady. Now, I know he just lost the Super Bowl. 
But I, much like Brady, if you give in, in, in Manning too, you give him the ball in the fourth quarter, yeah, they're going to find a way to win. Elway had that. Where when LeBron gets the ball in the fourth quarter, I literally am on the edge of my seat like, well, who, who are we going to get? What's going to happen? Right? So I don't know if he's to blame for that. I, I don't think you can do that. I don't think the team can be as lackluster as it is. Although even now Kobe Bryant's coming out and saying, hey, you guys got to get you settle down on that. He's got more than enough help. I don't believe he does. I don't. I, I believe the moment was too big for some of these players. I believe some of these players are a little bit too old, and it, it, it's a perfect storm of both. Some of the guys aren't ready yet, and some of the guys are too far past it. Now, a lot of the complaints you can make against the Cavaliers roster as constructed this past season are his fault. You can point to LeBron as like, hey man, this was your decision, or this was your moves, or this was whatever. And I've said it before, to say that he hasn't done detrimental things to the Cavaliers is crazy. He's a human being, there's flaws. Of course he's going to have done that. Um, You know, But I guess really what we're getting into here is the reason why sports exist, is so people can have these conversations. And Guaranteed you, Agreed. our kids are going to be like, nah, dude, you're both wrong. Neither one of them are the greatest of all ben time. Simmons. It's this new dude. Whoever this new dude is, it's him. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. It. So I, I get Michael fans. I do because because the way it's not fair, but the way this is judged is finals. It is how we do it. Yeah, it's yeah. championships. That's uh, dude. America likes winners. They like winning. And they don't like the yeah, but argument. Yeah, but look at all the stats. They don't care about that. Show me the win. And I don't know if that's necessary. As a matter of fact, I know for sure that's not totally fair, especially in today's day and age. Here's the other thing. I don't think Jordan fans can be like, well, you know, I don't think you can in the same breath tell me that Golden State is a super team and tell me Michael faced better competition. And here's what I'll say about this. If you're the best player in your era, you could have played in any era. Yeah. Meaning Michael could play now, yeah. LeBron could play then, yeah. it doesn't matter. If you're the best player in your era, you could play in any era. Yeah, that's 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 such an asinine argument of like, you know, if you want to say, well, you can debate where who's number 1, who's number 2, who's number 3, fine, dude. We can move pieces around, we can have conversations. But to say that LeBron couldn't have played is just absolutely it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. You look at his numbers, that's a stupid argument. Now, we got to get to the whole he had a broken hand for games 2, 3 and 4 or whatever it was, right? Because he punched a whiteboard. Okay. Now, there are people who are going to be like, well, that's his own fault, right? Like, I don't have sympathy for you for playing with a broken hand. You shouldn't. You should know better than to punch things in an NBA final series. I'm on that side. I, I really am. What 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 are you thinking? Why why are you punching stuff? Yeah, I mean, everyone is going to get frustrated in life. There's going to be moments of weakness from everybody. But at the end of the day, you have to be smarter than that. 100%. Kyrie Irving broke his hand. God, it was like five years ago at this point, and he punched something, and that oh, was I don't a, remember that, this. that was that was a whole thing. Um, but that was that wasn't even in like a final scenario where you were like the person who had to be out there. Um, I, I get frustration, I do. Um, but this was definitely, and when I read that story, that was very much the thing that read to me is like. Be in control, dude. Like so many people on a day to day basis, let their emotion, let their anger, let their frustration, whatever it is that's bothering them, or you know, you, you can't get too high, you can't get too low, because when you do, that's when something f's up. Now, I would admit, game one was frustrating. 
And he should be frustrated. You had the JR thing. You had Ty Lue not realizing you had a timeout. You had you had a couple of things there. You had the referees, honestly. And I hate blame the ref guy. I hate blame the ref guy. But the refs did kind of botch this series a little bit. This was not officiated as well as I would even think as the NBA would want. Do you think that the um you know the 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 referees kind of airing on the side of Golden State, the fact that it was over in a sweep, the fact that it was done so quickly and with so little? I don't believe it. It was rigged, obviously. I don't think you rig anything for a sweep. Because that's what I was going to say. Is you don't so rig many people, a sweep. So many people, it's rigged, 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 it's rigged, rigged. If it's rigged, why would they have not extended this out? If you're going to rig it, it's for the money. Right. If that's the whole, That's the only reason to do it is for the money. You're not rigging it because it's like, boy, we really like Golden State the best. Boy, those are the guys that we, you know. We no, just, they probably win it anyway. Right. So at that point. Five, six, maybe. At, the, at that point, I mean, I just think very much that this series, some, going into it, so many people are like, it's all rigged. It's all rigged. And watching it, I was like, dude, this isn't rigged. Like, this is nowhere close to rigged. This team is just considerably better than the Cavs. I, well, that, and I just think officiating's poor. I, I, I think everybody, it's one of these things, it's like, it's this American slipping of the standard. Right? Where it happens in all jobs. It happens in this room. It happens with, with, with every job out there right now, and I think officiating is kind of going through too, where it's like, I don't really, we'll kind of phone it in. I think officiating just, especially basketball, it's so fast there's going to be mistakes. I don't think it's so much that they've slipped their standards. I think it's just like we said about LeBron, where you can see every mistake via social media now, where 30 years ago, you'd be like, wait a second, was that a bad call? I don't know. They didn't show us the well, replay, so how the hell would I know? Here's the, that's the argument, too. That's a, that's a great argument, because in the bar, you guys could be like, I saw that call, but you couldn't pull it up. No, you not, didn't. Not right. Now you can pull up every call, and yes, you can definitely do that, and there's always going to be a human element in, in officiating of games, and I don't ever want that to go away. I think it's important. Yeah, I was going to say, because we could get into the conversation here. Of no, like, I don't want it. Do we have robots just do no. it? Because we could. No, because dude, the next step of that is let's just have robots play the games. And at that point, what are we doing that for? There are already rumors about who's coming here, who's going where. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about those. More Stansbury Show is right around the corner. Thanks. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. And uh, that's where you can watch a little, I don't want to call it a highlight reel, of CM Punk getting <laughs> mopped up. <laughs> mopped up at UFC 225 over the weekend. Jeez. I didn't rent this fight. Um, it was a weird card. I, I won't call it a bad card, but it was definitely a weird card. Um, and I I didn't think much of CM Punk's fighting career. Um, and I didn't I didn't think he was going to really translate um, into being a great technical fighter. I mean, he had very little training going into the first fight, and this takes years. I mean, people think it's just about brute force, and it's not. There, there's a lot of technique that can't... Well, it can be about brute force, but there's a lot of technique that goes into this. I think he put in the work. I just don't think he's capable of doing it. Um, he uh, he got just, just dominated. First fight, he got his ass kicked. This fight, I mean, just absolutely dominated. I think UFC would be crazy to give him another shot. I mean, at this point, like, he's selling tickets, yeah, but... I, but he won't next time. Right. 
like, and, 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 and at this point, you're getting into, like, dude, good luck in Bellator. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, what, are, what are we doing this that's for? That's just it. I think I'd give him a shot if I'm UFC, but I don't main event card him anymore because you just can't because he's not coming off as viable. Well, anytime that you put him on a card, though, there's going to be a little bit of, like, why are you putting this fake-ass wrestler who's getting his, his, his block knocked off every time he steps into the octagon? Why are you doing this? And it's because he's a wrestler. You wouldn't do this with any other guy who just kept getting his teeth knocked down his throat. Do you think there's any chance he goes back to the WWE now? No, 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 no. When he left WWE, it was... I don't know the story. Oh, so I don't know dude, it was a barn burner. It was really? like he went out and he did a shoot on, on like Raw. And like a shoot means like you do an interview, but you're real about it. You're not in character. You go out there and you like okay, actually... Right. You're talking... Pulling as, the curtain back. Right. You're, okay. You know, you're, you're breaking down that fourth wall. And dude, he went out there and it's, it's infamous in wrestling like lore, but like it was called the pipe bomb promo where like he went out there and was just like obliterating Vince McMahon, just really? like crapping on the company. Like, oh, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, no way, no way. So well, bridges burned. Well, until well, they think about it say, and they're like, wait a second, money, it's a bunch right? of money. Yeah, there would be money in it. So I don't know. I, I, there's a part of me that thinks no way because this was so severe. But probably smart. But at the same time, there's money. So yeah, there's a possibility. He I got guess. mopped up. If you didn't see that, you can uh, check out the highlight at WRQK.com. I want to go back to last week to something that kind of happened, um, you know, uh, I believe Friday morning we we're on the air, and that's Anthony Bourdain okay. had uh, committed suicide. And we're actually going to get into this subject again coming up at 830 because the numbers are alarming and they're looking into why these numbers are going up. And I think I have the answer or at least a, con- a major contributing factor to it. And so we'll do that at 830. But I saw a lot of this over the weekend. And I understand how these kinds of theories come out and I understand how they find their, their way through your fingertips to your, to your, you know, Facebook keyboard. I get it, but I disagree with it. And that's you're a coward. I understand why that's a thought process for people that suicide is super, super cowardly. I do. I get it. I understand how you come to that conclusion. I really do. But what I will tell you is, is that for people who feel this way, I'm not sure lobbing more negative terms at them or making them think about how negative it is, is going to make, is going to make the situation any better. Um, you see this a lot. It's selfish. It's this and it's that. Yeah, I, I understand there is a selfish component to it because essentially from the outside looking in, you're only thinking about, it looks like you're only thinking about you. I'm looking at this from devil's advocate here because this is not how I feel okay. necessarily, but this is the, the argument that I'm going to present to you okay. is I'm not going to let your feelings get in the way of facts. And the facts of the matter are is that that is a cowardly thing to do. Well, how did you come to the decision that it is fact? That you have decided that removing your you from this equation. That still sounds like an opinion. Was worth more than the consequences that it caused. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the hell that you caused your parents and your family and your loved ones and all those different people. Yeah. That- I, I, I get where that argument comes from. I do. But four plus four equaling eight is a fact. Where this feels like opinion to me. Like, like it, that ultimately it, that it's more selfish than anything else like that. That feels like an opinion to me. Here's the other one I saw a lot. It's a choice. It's a choice. And you hear this with drug addiction a lot too, right? It's a choice. It's a choice. Now I want to keep the two separate because I do feel differently about drug addiction than I do about suicide in this manner. And I don't believe suicide is a choice. This is what I told people on Facebook over the weekend. 
I think it's a byproduct of feeling as if you have no choice. Is what is is why I think that happens. Once again, not disagreeing with you, but I'm going to devil's advocate this here. Well, thank you, because that, that's your job right now. Well, right. And I just I want to make sure that I'm making it very clear that I'm not like, hey, this is what you should do. But it is a choice. It, it is. It's it, yes. I do. obviously a choice is made. That if it, at the end of the day, much like people, you know, again with the drug addiction thing, it's a disease or it's a choice, is this and that, and I, you know, I kind of can see the disease angle, but it's kind of like lung lung cancer. It's a disease you probably weren't going to get had you not made those choices. So, but but I don't believe suicide. Yes, a choice. You made the choice to end your life. So yes, it's a choice. If you want to skip to the end of the page and make it a very bedrock easy argument, then yes, it is a choice. I do believe though it happens because you feel as if you don't have one. Had you made better choices leading up to that moment, would you be in a different situation? I think in certain situations of people who have committed suicide, that can be true. There's no way that could be blanketly true across all suicides. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean. Okay. So, yes, if something is as intricate as suicide, I believe that case by case, yeah, you could find those. This is just one of those things that obviously I don't think anybody's like pro suicide. I don't think anybody's like, you know, what we need is just more people offing themselves, dude. That's that's the key to success here. No, I I would hope not. But but I I saw a lot of I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of oh you're selfish or oh, you're this. I saw a lot of, hey, I'm going to post the one eight hundred number or whatever it is there. I can commend that. Um, I saw a lot of we'll reach out to somebody. And I think everybody's just desperately trying to come up with something to, to solve this problem. I also saw this. I get people telling each other to reach out, but what you don't understand is you're almost shaming them for not reaching out. And it's like, guys, we're getting too far now. Like, you're going a little too far now. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling people, hey, if you feel as if you need a little bit of help, reach out. We are here to listen to you. I mean, I saw people going, you know, you're kind of shaming them for not reaching out. I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're spinning this ball too far now, in my opinion. Yeah, there's 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 a lot. And, and and I think we're all looking for something that fixes all of this. And I think it's a case by case thing. We're like, yeah, for some people, maybe seeing that phone number will be enough. Other people, you need to actually reach out to them. Other people, doesn't matter what you as an individual do. Because I think that's another thing is we all look at this as like, well, what can I do to stop this? I don't I, oftentimes I don't know if there's anything you can do. No. You know what I mean? Like, I, I no. I, I... I mean, I'm obviously not clinically trained in this, so like my, my estimation is probably worth not much. But in most cases, because it happens, my guess is you probably could not have saved somebody. You know what I mean? I And again, are there going to be variables in that? And there are going to be certain situations where that's not true? Obviously. But because of the fact that it happens, I think sometimes it's just, you know, somebody who feels they're that far gone. I don't really love the cowardly label to it. I just don't because if you're feeling like you're struggling with this and you're thinking about doing it and all you ever hear is coward, 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 well, I'm a coward. You know what I mean? Like you're just going to feel more negative about yourself. Yeah. It's the same thing as, you know, we're not, they're not the same thing as drugs, but like the number one reason people don't go get help for drugs is because they're going to think that I'm a junkie. And that's why you're not going to say something about, Hey, I have these suicidal thoughts in my mind right now is because people are going to look at you like, what the hell's wrong with you freak? Like what's wrong with you coward? Yeah. I, um, like I said, we're going to get into this again around 830 because the numbers are, are really, really alarming. One more before we move forward, though. I did see this over the weekend, too, and I actually argued with a guy. He's a national pundit um, back and forth on Twitter about this. The you can't go to heaven if you committed suicide. Shut up. Shut up. You don't know that. I'm all for you having religion. 
I'm all for you having faith. I'm all for you going to church on Sunday. But you don't know that. You've been told that, and you believe it without questioning it for yourself. So, so what I'm going to say, religious people, I'm with you. You have your faith, right? I don't. I disagree with you. I don't necessarily belong to that idea, that way of thinking. But you don't know for sure. You've just been told that. That's not fact. So telling people in this scenario of, of over a very serious subject like suicide that they cannot be redeemed in the afterlife, you don't know that. Nobody's ever gone to the other side, come back and told us what's really going down. You don't know it. So screaming at people via your Facebook profile because in, in putting out your religious belief that way, I just think is a little, well, what are you really doing there? Who's that for? Them? Or I'm suspicious it's actually more for you. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 930, we'll get you hooked up with these incarceration tickets. That's uh, July 13th through the 15th. And uh, we'll get you into that show. That's a good lineup right there, dude. It's pretty big, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't... I think Clutch is playing that. Indeed they are. Data yeah. Remember is going to be there. Bush is going to be there. I love Clutch, man. Yeah, dude. That's a, that's, a, that's a good show right there. Yeah, it's a pretty good festival. Those are all the rage now, festivals. You know what I mean? It's just the way to do concerts these days because of, um, you know, uh, value of dollar spent. and. Right. You can make, you know, a lot of people want to have the arguments like, yeah, but you get a shorter set of the bands you really, really like or, you know, whatever. But but you may get turned on to a band that you don't know by going to those things. And they, there's pluses and negatives to them. I think that those festivals and you see more and more of them have been born out of necessity. And what used to be like, well, it's OzFest and it's just the rock guys that are doing this is now Country Fest. It's now, you know, Rock on the Range. It's now like everyone started to pick that up. And dude, I think, and I, I don't have anything to go on this off of other than my observations in life and kind of what I've seen. I think it's just harder to sell tickets to live events nowadays. And if you don't shove 17 bands on that lineup, people ain't coming, dude. People aren't coming for one act anymore. I want to say I want to say you're wrong, but weren't there tickets available for game one of the NBA finals? Right. Right, dude. And like I I don't know. I think that I think it's I think it's concerts. I think it's live sporting events. I think it's 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 shows and stuff like that. I just think people are harder to get off their ass. Maybe a part of the reason why is because we have a 70-inch TV and everything streaming in front of us. It's like, dude, why am I going to the game? I'm not going to the game. Uh, I, You could definitely make that argument with sports where it's like the at-home experience is so good now right? that I'm not sure it's really worth it to go. Once upon a time, the man cave, the whole point of that was to make the man cave look like the stadium. You know right. what I mean? And now it's they're trying to make the stadium look like your house. They're trying to be like, no, dude, don't worry. We got comfy chairs. We got IPAs. Well, we got all the stuff you need. Wasn't the NFL flirting with like chairs that vibrated over hits, like yeah. and things like that, to like kind of like, do all that? So festivals are all the rage, right? And I think you're right. It's all about getting people to spend their money. Right. So Bonnaroo is one of these festivals, right? And I've never been to Bonnaroo, and I kind of feel like Bonnaroo now is much like South by Southwest, meaning you missed it. If you go now, it's all corporate. It's all been commercialized. Where do a buddy of mine's lived in Texas, where they do South by Southwest. And he's lived there forever. 
And I told him last year, I was like, dude, think about coming. He's like, Dan, he's like, you're 15 years too late. It's like South by Southwest sucks now. He's like, it's not what it used to be. It's all now $10 bottle waters. It's all now label artists versus people up and coming. He's like, dude, you missed it. You missed the boat on that. And I kind of feel like the same thing's you know, true with a lot of these big festival shows like Bonnaroo and like that kind of thing. And probably Burning Man. You probably missed that right. when that was really cool too. Coachella, right? Yeah, Coachella, all that stuff. I, I, I think you probably missed when they were great. And um, through more and more technology and live tweeting and Periscope and things as what I maintain makes things less great because people are more guarded and you have to be more worried and more information is going to get out to the public. And, oh, my God, is that right? And you're going to be judged by people who would never go do these things anyway. Well, Eminem performed at Bonnaroo. Okay. And he is now under some pretty dark criticism from the Internet. And... This is all over. Apparently, there, he has a song where there are gunshots. The song's called Kill You from the Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, yeah, I remember that from song. The, yeah, the album came out in 2000, right? So it's been out there long enough, right? And apparently, there are gunshots in the back of this song. I don't remember this song off the top of my head. If you heard it, you would. It was one of those, it was good on that album. Bitch, I'm going to kill you. You don't mean a, to oh, me. Okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, you're right. It's yeah. one of those things that as soon as I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Right. But apparently there are gunshots in the back of this song. And so he's at a massive concert and we saw what happened at last year's Route 91 Country Music Festival where what? Fifty some people were shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so now people are like, M, what the hell are you doing, bro? You can't be at a huge music festival like this. Have gunshots go off and expect there not to be panic. I thought there was going to be like uh, an old Eminem lyric comes back and haunts him or something like that. No, No, this is gunshots. And I didn't I didn't even run that through the filter. Now, I'm torn. (sighs) I'm so torn because you got to let artists go where they want to go. Right. To create art. Okay, now I have to believe that way because, uh, you know, under the broad umbrella, you know, broad umbrella term of artists, technically we are, right? Right. And so I want people to be able to go where they need to go to create what they want to create. But I'm old enough to know that coming off the heels of these things, that this is what people were going to think was happening. Right. And I can't fault those people. Dude, if I'm standing there, and, and this is, I'm going to assume, much like anything else, there's seven different stages. There's probably tattoo artists over here. There's probably a freak show commodity over here. So you're not really necessarily watching Eminem. Maybe you're getting a bottle of water. Maybe you're maybe you're tripping your ass off Enough or people were, sure. Right. Enough people were not involved. And all of a sudden, you hear gunshots. I don't fault you for being like, oh, damn, I'm getting shot at here. See, for me, I think I would have felt like, well, this is obviously part of the performance. However, you go back to Route 91 Festival, there were gunshots, and people thought, oh, this is, must be something with you know Jason Aldean's pyro. It's, it's, right. it's not gunshots. It must be the pyro. And they were wrong. And so they ended up, so some people ended up getting hurt because of that. So you have to err on the side of caution when you hear it now, right? So I thought about it driving into work this morning. I said, well, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Now, I can't believe that we didn't, that, that we're not this far sanitized. That the, that the organizers of Bonnaroo weren't like, we need to see everybody's set list, we kind of know what's going to go down, and you put it on the video screen before Eminem comes out. That simulated gunshots are part of this performance. That if you hear these, they are scheduled. Although if you do that, then now you're telling somebody who might have a gun, this is when you want to start popping off. So you can't really do that either, right? Well, and at what point are you undercutting the artist? At what point is it like, no, a part of this performance is the reveal. Is, yeah. I mean, is that a solid argument with a song that's been out 18 years? 
It's a part of my show, yes. I mean, like, yes, when it really comes down to it, if we're going to start applying this across the board, I mean, how many people got shot in that movie theater during the Batman thing, 17 or something like that? So now at the beginning of movies, are we going to maybe have to be like, well, you know, 90 minutes in, 90 minutes in, there's going to be gunshots. Don't think that somebody's shooting you. Right now, I see some people. Yes, I see some people coming to Eminem's, you know, defense saying, look, you know what you're getting when you go to an Eminem show. Like, you kind of know what you're getting. And I made that argument over Marilyn Manson. Remember, like, he got up in the crowd. He had that fake, like, M16. He kind of pointed it in the crowd. We had the video. It was up at WRQK.com. And I remember saying, well, dude, it's Marilyn Manson. He's pushing the envelope. It's what he does. Now, that was a uh, this is me looking to. Nitpick a little, but that was a Marilyn Manson show. You can make the argument Bonnaroo is not an Eminem show. That there are more than enough people at Bonnaroo who don't care about Eminem. Well, yeah, and just because something's edgy or known to be edgy doesn't mean that it's not going to be like used as a, a target. I mean, yeah, you can say, well, you know, Marilyn Manson's gonna, you know, just push the envelope, but that doesn't mean somebody in a Marilyn Manson show is not gonna start licking off shots in the middle of That's it. That's a fair point, too. You know. Now it seems to me like these Twitter accounts want to be arguing back and forth with one another about whether or not it's in bad taste, okay? Now, I don't really care where I come down on that, bad taste, good taste, whatever. I have always said, I'm not sure just because something's in bad taste doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to do it. Right. My my tastes aren't the barometer of, well, is this is this allowed in America It's or a not? pretty fluid line. Right. right. I mean, who's deciding what's, I mean, at the end of the day, what, right. whether or not something's in bad taste or if we're allowed to go through with it. I will say I am surprised Bonnaroo didn't want to get out ahead of this, or this could be one of these things, you know what, we just didn't think about it, and right. you don't think about something until it happens, and now that we do know, what do we do now? I mean, in any event like this now, is are gunshots just going to have to be taken out because plenty of songs dude this isn't just like well this is just one song that eminem's got where there's some gunshots in it no i mean there's plenty of rock songs with it in yeah yeah. i mean dude a lot of artists are using this stuff i would imagine there's shotgun pumping sounds in a bunch of country songs right i would imagine i can't think of one off the top of my head but there's gotta be i'm sure there's a brantley gilbert song where there's a gun going off in the back of it right you know what i mean i I would imagine yes and it is okay i've always and this is the obvious joke i've always felt the same way about songs with police sirens in it you know how many times you were driving around and you hear that whoop whoop and it's like oh damn am i getting pulled over that happens to me in the car a lot actually where that will happen so but at least with that you're just looking over your shoulder like damn am i about to get a ticket as opposed to am i about to get shot I mean, listen to some of these, though. Bella, honestly, F Eminem. Added gunshots to his set, had to leave. So disgusting and distasteful. Shame on you. Eminem has ended Kill You with the gunshot effects for at least six years now, and it's the first time someone ever complains. Well, yeah, I, I, I understand that, you know, he's been doing it forever, and now somebody complains. It's because, dude, you treat things differently in the wake of something happening, right? Like, this is... Airline travel completely changed after 9-11 because you react to something that's happening. Now, I'm not going to agree with the reaction. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, you got to know. But it you could make the argument it's inducing a panic, right? It's inducing a riot. Yeah, I mean, inducing panic at the very least, yeah. I mean, what happens if a crowd full of Bonnaroo people just goes nuts because of that and somebody gets trampled to death? Is he liable for that? This is messy. If you're a performer, man, you gotta be double. You gotta be like second guessing everything you're doing right now because you're the one with the money. 
Yeah, but like I said, I mean, does this apply to movies? Does this apply to plays? Does this apply? There's a million different avenues that we can start saying, well, there's going to be shots fired. I mean, like... Yes. It, well, here's the thing. No. Ultimately, I'm saying no. But are we as a country going to overcorrect into this steer? And are we going to start to probably self-censor more than we should in this avenue because of... in 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 the Under the guise of being in good taste? Yes, I believe that probably will happen. Kevin Durant had some very interesting words and what I think is total shade to throw at LeBron James. We're going to look at that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision and Z. And I can remember sometimes I just didn't feel like putting my contacts in, so I'd wear my glasses. Problem with that is I couldn't wear sunglasses, which is a major problem in the summertime, and I don't have to worry about it anymore thanks to my good friends at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, LASIK surgery, it is surgery, which is why you probably have a lot of questions. Maybe you have some concerns, dude, and I want you to visit the website, roholtvision.com. While you're there, you can take a self-evaluation test. You can find some of the frequently asked questions about LASIK and you can check out the financing options as well. Dude, make an investment in yourself. Check it out today. RollHoltVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. It is Monday of U.S. Open Week. Oh. Thursday. Oh. Yeah, Shinnecock Hills. Can't okay. wait. Okay. Tiger going to play. Okay. Let's hope he's competitive. I've been reading that new uh, that new biography by Armin Katan. About Tiger, and man, is it good. <sighs> Damn good book. When I'm done with that, Phantom, I'm going to loan it to you. I know you're not the biggest golf fan, but I know you like to read, yeah. and I think you'll dig the book. I actually just picked up a, a sports biography myself. Which I'm reading one? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's Becoming Ooh. Kareem. It's really good. Um, okay, dude, then we're going to swap. When library we're book. Library yeah. book. Your boy doesn't buy anything. Come on now. It's free rentals. It's the Netflix of reading right there. Um, I do want to know some golf things, though. Did you get out there this weekend? Did I you did. swing them? How'd they go? What I happened? Did. Tell me. So I played Friday. Um, okay. And then I was in an outing Saturday morning, and I started really poorly. Like, really poorly. Yeah. Um, but, y- you know, you're in a four-man scramble, so you're playing best ball. So, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I bet your teammates it did. Yeah, no, I was heavy. I did. I kept telling my buddy John, uh, I was like, dude, how heavy of a teammate am I, right? And he's like, he's like, not as heavy as you used to be, you know what I mean? Because how? Um, but then I pulled it together in the end, and I actually, uh, I, I made some decent shots. I actually made a really nice birdie putt for us. Um, we finished fourteen under, not good enough to win. Uh, my buddy Ray's team came in at eighteen under. I'm suspicious, but I uh, <laughs> I am. I'm totally suspicious. But uh, we finished 14 under, not good enough to win, but you know we played all right. All right, it's respectable. It was for a good cause. It was uh, it's the Camo outing, which it's a Central America medical outreach, I believe is what it is. So they uh, they supply uh, you know I, I believe medicinal efforts. Okay, like weed? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Oh, I was gonna say medicinal. I believe more bandages like and those things. All right, I, I I doubt highly we're just dropping like bubble kush on other countries. Dropping dro. I uh, I highly doubt it. So going back to the NBA Finals, we obviously uh, lost in, in in a sweep fashion. We here at the Stansbury Show told you that's what would happen. And um, Kevin Durant now has come out and said something. And I saw Scott from WinningForNextYear.com uh, tweet this out, which by the way, that's at WFNY or Scott at WFNY, I believe. And um, he'll join us at eight o'clock as he does every Monday. But Kevin Durant's now talking about being the best. 
and what it means to be the best. And he says, I feel like it's easy to be the best player when you don't have any good players around you. I feel like it's harder to stand out when you have great players around you, Durant said. I pride myself on standing out wherever I am. I pride myself on working hard wherever I go. And I feel like these guys embrace me, and I feel like I'm a warrior. So this is obviously some LeBron shade here, right? Like, because is, is Durant getting sick of, yeah, you, you're you the champion, you won the title, but LeBron's better. Yes, this is definitely him feeling slighted. There's no question about it. You can hear it in his voice. And it's tough, too, because not only do you have that, um, you've got, obviously, you joined a, you know one of the all-time great teams. You joined a 73-9 team right there. Um, but there's also room for debate of are you the best player on your own team? It's not even a question of like, well, are you? Because there's still people who say it's Steph, and I disagree with it that wholeheartedly. I think Kevin Durant is certainly better. I think what happens there is is got a fan base who likes a player, and so your love of a player tells you, then they say it's his team, he's better. I don't think it's... I don't even think it's a question. I think Kevin Durant's a better basketball player. Steph's the better shooter, obviously. He's probably one of the best shooters ever. And it may be his team because that's the way the Bay kind of views the Warriors is through the Steph filter. But Durant's the better player. It's got to be tough to hear Jeff Van Gundy say Steph's the best player on the Warriors. Got to be tough to have the fans pop for him louder than it is than than they do for you. It's got to be tough to have all those those you know those radio shows those local punch over there because I mean of course and by the way right now it has just got to be the greatest time on the face of the planet to be a Warriors fan I know there's a bunch of front runners and blah 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 but if you're a true to the heart Warriors fan and everybody hates you and you just keep winning dude that has to be the best feeling in the world yeah, like that would. has to be so great I mean literally 29 other t- fan bases just despise you and you keep winning it's got to be fantastic yeah. but those fans those talking heads those 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 local media types that they listen to and they can say oh don't, we don't pay attention oh, well, to no, Durant yeah, does. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And it eats you up inside. So 100%, this is him going at LeBron because he can't go at Steph. He can't make it seem like, you know, well, hey, there's a little contention there. But you've got somebody on your own team that they say is better than you. And then you've got somebody who you've beat two times in a row here they're saying is better than you. That's got to be a tough pill to swallow. I believe it will be Kevin Durant's NBA I, I obviously I think he's the player in waiting. The problem with Durant's legacy and his career now is LeBron's going to play too far into your career. You know what I mean? Where it's like, dude, LeBron's not. We thought, oh, maybe there's a chance he might retire here and there. And I guess there's a sliver of it. I doubt it. But you know, Fantone keeps pointing out the guys come out and said he wants to play in the NBA with his son. Yeah. And if LeBron said something out loud, my my guess is that he is at least legitimately thinking about doing that. And so that's the problem with Durant. But I'm not sure he's wrong here. But, I mean, Kobe ran far into LeBron's era. Mike ran far into Kobe's era. I mean, Magic and Larry ran far into Mike's era. Like, that yeah, I guess happens. they've all dealt with yeah, that. that, that, that that's, that's, that's fair. That's, that's a part of, of... I don't think he's wrong here. It would be harder to stand out on a team full of all-stars than it would be on a team of also Rams, right? Well, I think it depends on what you're trying to be here. Are you trying to be looked at as the best player on your team? Because, yes, of course it would be harder to be the best player on your team. Well, I think he's talking about best player in the league. Right? 
So if you're trying to say who's the best player in the league, no, I would totally disagree then. It's a lot easier to be a great – it's a lot easier to be great when you're surrounded by greatness. No, I think – oh, I don't know about that because isn't it – couldn't you make the argument that it's harder to be great when there's that much greatness around you because of do you get the shots, do you do you have – who's handling the ball, who's got more opportunity? But look at those – look at that – look at those first two games that, you know, the Warriors won. Kevin Durant was pretty non-existent. I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy got his, but like he – wasn't he wasn't the, the deciding factor? It was game there. three that he went off, and right? then all of a sudden you're like, you know yeah. what? Hey, haven't been able to do it for the past two games. Hasn't mattered because my team's good enough to carry me. My greatness in games three and four that'll be enough to to overcome that one and two. Now I think it's a lot easier because then you have something else to win, and then the the stinking of your game in one. They're like, oh well, you didn't perform that well. That gets hidden up because you have guys to cover it up. I mean, Steph was terrible in game three, and, and nobody, whatever, and 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 that's just it. I mean, he. Does I mean Steph gets a total pass? Um, all right, yeah. Because if there's great players around you, there's you have to spread the defense out more. You're getting better looks. You're yeah. getting better. I mean, when LeBron's got the ball, you know what's happening. <laughs> like, like to think that it would be easier to get a shot off as, as LeBron, LeBron James when you've got when you've got two dudes on you and the rest of the dudes converging on you versus versus Kevin Durant who you've got two guys on Steph. You've got you know you gotta best, watch. Clay. You've got your best perimeter guard on 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 who's Clay. on Draymond. Hey, dude, come on, man. Yeah, come on. yeah. There's a lot going on there. So there's some rumors. Um, I don't see this one happening, but one of the rumors is Westbrook, Russell, ends up here. I don't see it. I think Russell Westbrook would make LeBron James crazy. I think the last thing we need is a ball-centric point guard who's going to pound the air out of the ball and then pass to LeBron on the wing with three seconds left and make LeBron shoot a contested three. It'd be a growing, you know, obviously it'd be a growing I don't you know, pains it. that came along with it, but it's not that I don't see it because it wouldn't work. I just don't know if it's going to work financially. Um, you know, both those guys have a chip on their shoulder and Westbrook and LeBron there, and both of those dudes are going to want to win. So it's not that I don't see them. If those two team up, yes, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of who you are, but I think both those dudes would be willing to do it. I just can't see it. I can't see it happening with the Cavaliers because of of the financial restraints on them. Dude, look at Russ though. We've seen this movie. We've seen it. Harden left. Durant left. Then he gets what? He gets Carmelo Anthony and and Paul George, and they're still not any good. I just think, dude, Russell has a hard time admitting that he needs to change the way he plays. I mean, Harden went to Houston and changed the way he played to get Chris Paul there. And changed the way, and dude, found a way to work with another guy. Russell is a little resistant. He's so, it's one of these things where he's so good. He's such a freak of athletic ability, and he knows it, that in your mind, you don't trust anybody else as well. And I just think, dude, he's going to pound the air out of the ball, and then LeBron's going to have to shoot contested threes, which isn't his strong suit, shooting threes, even, you know, even open. I mean, he's getting better at it as his career goes on. Which again is you know a feather in the cap of being great, but it's not his strong suit shooting the three. And so I, for me, if if you're going to go get a player like that, if you're going to go get another star player, if we're going to talk about LeBron staying a Cavalier, which I don't believe he will, but if you're going to do it, for me, it's Kawhi Leonard before you go get Russell Westbrook, right? No, if you're asking me, no. Really? If I get to pick either one of those dudes, no, I I, I would have. 
I would have a dominant point guard. I would have somebody that was able to go out there, and Kawhi Leonard's able to score with his, with by himself. But no, I, if you're given <laughs> if you're giving me the option of those two guys, I think LeBron and LeBron and Russell, Russell Westbrook play better together. If you're going at the Warriors again next year, it's a race to see who can shoot the most amount of three pointers. And Russell Westbrook has the worst three point shot percentage in the history of the NBA. That's not hyperbole. That's true. He shoots the three worse than any player in the history of the NBA. And he's very selfish. I don't see it. I really, really don't. I think Kawhi is a smarter player. I think Kawhi doesn't want to necessarily have the total spotlight be on him, which helps with the LeBron thing. He's a little understated, much like Duncan was. And I feel like that helps him play with LeBron better than Russell would. At the end of all this, whether we're talking LeBron and and Russell or LeBron and Kawhi or LeBron and whoever, fine. Either of those dudes, you still have to add a third. Because you got to get rid of Kevin Love to to make one of those things happen. And I don't know. Your mind's made up on that. I don't know where that third comes in. Well, it's not so much that my mind's made up like I want Kevin Love to be gone or or anything like that. But it's how do you make contracts work without moving him? That's that's it's and and keep that in mind as as you see these rumors and you see these like tweets and you see these things is it's all just crap at this point. People are just throwing stuff so that you click on it. And you, you, you can't you can't start making stuff happen until stuff starts happening. It can't be like, well, Russell Westbrook and who cares about the money? The NBA cares about the money. They're not just going to be well, like, yeah, bring him in here. Here's the other thing, too. You got to realize a lot of that's fan driven because in your mind you go, well, LeBron now hates the Warriors and we know Russell hates Kevin Durant. So obviously mm-hmm. my, mm-hmm. my you know, my enemy's enemy is my friend, and I'm not sure that, that that's how LeBron's going to put the rest of his career together. I don't see him and Russell playing well together at all. I think Russell Westbrook annoys the living crap out of LeBron James, and that ends up, honestly, in massive flames. That's just my opinion. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. You guys, hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. Also at 8.30. The suicide rate in the country has jumped. And jumped is the right word. I mean, the percentage is astronomical. And uh, there are people who are looking to find out what that may be. I have my opinion as to something that I think is totally leading us in this direction. Um, I don't believe there's any one particular cause of anything this complicated, but I believe there is a major contributing factor that we're aware of and yet in denial over the fact that we know it's doing this, but we keep doing it anyway, even though we know we're headed that way. Okay. So at 8.30, we'll get into that. Did you hear about this uh, awful story out of Roswell, down T County, where a woman had died? Um, she was 80-something years old. She had been outside taking care of her goats, and apparently there was a flood that happened. And they ended up finding her face down in a uh. field. A neighbor called the sheriff's office to report that she had gone to check and uh, you know, on the goats and things like that. Next thing you know, dude, apparently like the rain and the flooding had been so bad, dude, that they found her face down in a field. Dude, imagine that. 80-something years old and you die in a flood? Yeah, I mean, a flash flood obviously is very possible with the weather that it was this weekend. But, like, I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody expects, very rarely do you expect to die that day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, right. I, you know, not many people wake up thinking, like, all right, well, Today's this, the day. This, this could be the one. Um, but you're 80 years old. You know, you've lived your life. At this point, a heart attack should have got you or cancer should have got you or something should have got you. And you're like, nah, dude, I'm a tough old, I'm a tough old broad and I'm going to keep living forever and I don't give a son of a bitch damn and and then all of a sudden dude you're just going out to go check on your goats and boom you're gone <sighs> like, sad 
Flash flood would never be even be on my list of things I thought. Nope. Like nope. If somebody asked me, how are you going to die? Jealous husband. Right. Car accident. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, not paying attention, texting and walking. Next thing I know, I'm in the street, get hit by Sarda. Like, something like that takes me out. You think accident, something like that's going to get you? What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I I know the easy joke would have been, it's going to be heart failure because of the food and all that, but I'm eating better these days. Well, but let's not act like, you know, let's not act like a couple of bananas, you know, take care of three <laughs> no, decades worth of No, that's of, fair. Of, I mean, once, it's, once that stuff's in your body, it's in your body. There's no, get it, there's no really getting it out. And to be honest with you, dude, I did kind of slip up this weekend pretty heavy. I allowed the amount of times I saw people over the weekend who I haven't seen in a while yeah. say to me, like, dude, man, Jesus Christ, you lost a ton of weight to go, oh, well, you know, I can eat this and yeah. I can eat that. So yeah, I'm not going to put it back uh, on. I can't wait to get to the gym today and, uh, and and help pound that out. But yeah, no, I do. I think it's, I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what that is, but I do. I think it's going to be accidental. Accidental? Okay. Yeah. All how right. do you think you're going to go? Cancer. I just feel really? like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's not like I have a super, like, family history in it, but it's just one of those things everybody dies. You know, I mean, on a long enough timetable, everyone gets cancer, and it's just like, dude, son of a bitch, that's what it's going to be. Well, I mean, pretty easy, you know, choice there because of the different, um, you know, kinds of right. cancer there are. I mean, right. there's a million liver and, you know, penile, and, and that would just be justice for you. Anytime, anytime something, I'm like, oh man, you know, boy, if something hurts. I'm like, oh my God, is it a tumor? Am I dying? I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but I'm just, I, I just know that's what dude, it's going to be. Drowning would be a terrible way to go. Awful. Especially in a flash flood. I mean, like, anywhere you die, you, 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 you drown is going to be awful, but like, dude, the water just takes you away and you're old and you can't do anything. What's worse? Drowning? Or in a burning building? I would think burning building. I would think. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, because drowning, I think once you're under, it, you're under. You know what I'm saying? Once you're in that building, though, you're... Yeah, I think I, they both terrible. take a little while, though, right? So, like, you're aware what's going on, and, like, you're going to think about it. I think you get enough time to be like, this is what's happening. Son of a bitch. What a ter- what both what, what terrible ways to go. Oh, dude, flash flood, 80 years old, checking on goats, which, why, what are you doing checking on goats at 80? T County, dude, you know what I'm going to say? What are you going to take that woman's goats away? Of course you're not. That's that's, that's what gave her life, you know what I mean? So I'm sure she was, you know, happy with that, but dude, dying in a flash flood, terrible. It just sounds terrible. Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com is on the air with us next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Every Monday at 8, we talk to our good buddy, Scott, from WaitingForNextYear.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at WFNYScott. My man, we obviously know the NBA Finals ended in a sweep fashion. We here at the Stansbury Show told everybody that's what was going to happen. Um, I just believe that they had too much firepower. And uh, I don't... And I believe the referees didn't help the cause any. I don't... You know, I, I don't think it was rigged. I don't think you rig it for a sweep. I think that's kind of crazy. Um, LeBron obviously frustrated after game one. We hear he's punching whiteboards and now um, it played uh, games two, three, and four essentially with a broken hand. Um, now, what do you think that frustration means? Was that or who that was really at? Was that more Jr. Ty Lue based, more referee based, more I know I can't win in this franchise based? What do you think led to that? No, I think they had a win. Uh, that a game they they should not have won or we're not expected to win and had the win right there and, and, and watch it evaporate in a slew of mean a slew of matters. I mean, it was the, the JR, it was the George Hill, it was the officials. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about it. I mean, if, if one of those three things doesn't happen, they win that game. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't blame him for, uh, for the frustration. I am surprised it led to something like that. Me that too. That's kind of uncharacteristic of him. 
Um, but I, I can't say I blamed him for it by uh, by any stretch. You're hearing a lot of uh, you know people with the rumors about what's going to happen. Now I think he leaves. That's been my you know that's been my opinion forever. Um, but you're hearing this. Well, maybe Westbrook comes and you know becomes a Cav, or maybe it's Kawhi Leonard. Now I don't think Westbrook and LeBron James work out all that well together. I think we've seen the Westbrook movie. I think he's so dynamic and that, that it prevents him from playing a smarter style. I think that's why Harden went out of there. I think that's why Durant ended up leaving there. I think that's why, you know, um, uh, who is it now? Carmelo and Paul George are kind of like, what the hell's happening in this thing? I just think we've seen the Russell movie. Do you believe he and LeBron could coexist on the same team? Not successfully. I don't think so. Um, right. I, the, you know, the, the, the ball dominance of both players. I mean, Russ is a... I mean, what was that? Twenty-seven shots in the fourth quarter that one game a couple of years ago. Right. I mean, he was, it was. He's just a very. He's, he's a great player. Um, you know, a terrific talent. Very probably the most athletic point guard I've ever seen. That's fair. Um, you know the things he does, but in terms of success and fit alongside a player like LeBron, I just don't see how it works. All right, so let's play this game. LeBron stays. Let's uh, let's say he wants to remain a Cavalier. A lot of stuff has to happen if you're me, if you're asking me. Coach got to go. JR got to go. Kevin Love got to go. I mean, Tristan Thompson's probably got to go. I mean, dude, this is a lot of stuff. Maybe GM's got to go. I mean, dude, there's a lot of stuff. Is it worth it in the end to do it? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily get the vibe that, that Ty is on the hot seat. Um, oh, he should be. You know, he, he, he might be. Um, should be. I, I, don't, I don't sense it. Um, I, don't, I don't sense that LeBron has any angst with him or who the you know replacement could be in that in that regard. Um but yeah, they got they they did you know along the talent acquisition lines, um, you know, they, they need to do something and they, they have zero dollars. So it, it has to come through trades. And you know, it'll be very interesting because a lot of those names you guys just mentioned are are are, are represented by the same same uh agent as uh, as LeBron. Um, you know, so I, I, it'll be, it'll be a very interesting off season, uh, you know, given the people that, you know, Tristan is one of those players who doesn't help you in the regular season, but he helps you in the, in the, in the finals or in the postseason. you know, so would they have to figure out what they value there? I do think Jr. um, I'd be shocked if, if they're, if they're not trying to figure out a way to get him out of here already. Um, you know, his contract is actually pretty attractive from a, uh, there's a there's a decent buyout, not this season but next. So it's essentially an expi- expiring contract, which which you know Kobe could swing. I mean, there's there's just they got to figure something out, and it'll it, this team will have to look markedly different if if it if they're going to attract LeBron to stay. Yeah, that's one of the things that whether LeBron stays goes or whatever, I am excited about is that the Cavaliers next year will be a very very different basketball team. Um yeah. I think this year as a as a Cavs super fan as I kind of like to pride myself, I felt like it was very cathartic and I I'm ready for the I'm ready for the Phoenix to rise out of the ashes and whether that is or is not with LeBron James, I guess is still to be determined at this point. Um you know, the Golden State Warriors, um I I, I hate being a prisoner of the moment, but I think it's safe to say at this point, if not the greatest basketball team of all time, um, one of the greatest basketball teams of all time, and uh, at this point, everybody in the NBA is looking to make moves to shorten that gap from where they stand to where Golden State stands. Outside of just LeBron, outside of just Cleveland, what big moves do you see coming up this summer which are going to you know, change the dynamic of, of what's going on in the NBA here? Well, it'll, you know, 
LeBron will have to be the kind of the first domino in a, in a lot of ways. Um, the you know the Paul George domino is probably one A to that um, in terms of what happens to him. Um, you know, Oklahoma City clearly made a deal and kind of sold the future on hoping to retain him. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, um, which is why it was a bit of a gamble on on their part. To your point earlier, you know, or to Dan's point earlier about not working with Russ, I I don't know if he thinks that Oklahoma City is a viable, you know, competitor long term. So I think those those two are going to be huge for the landscape of the NBA. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of chatter about CJ McCollum, Canton's own, yeah, um, um, getting uh, you know, find finding a new home. Um, there's a lot of chatter about Kawhi Leonard. There's a lot. I mean, I that's, that's kind of the the beauty of the NBA, um, and well, the, the gift and the curse, I guess. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a league that almost thrives in terms of player movement. And there's, there's this year will be, will be no different than the others. We're talking to Scott from winning for next again at WFNY Scott. So let me ask you, um, this question. We now have seen this series a couple of times in a row. We know game one was not a sellout. There were tickets available. I heard ratings for game one down around 15%. Is this bad for the NBA? What's going on right now? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I I can see both sides. Um, you know, I, I do think ratings, much like attendance, you know, at baseball games or something along those lines, are are, are a lagging effect. I think, you know, if you, the, the attendance you get at a baseball game is usually based on the prior season. Um, you know, so if, there is a, if, if, if ratings were down in the finals, I mean, I think they were up all season long. Yeah, they were um, so, regular season. So for them to be up. down in the finals, you know, could be could be a variety of things. One, you know, same song and dance. Two, those nine o'clock tips are brutal. I agree. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things I think that could kind of play into that. Um, you know, but I, I I can see both sides. I see you know people who say they want to watch, you know, excellence and dominance and 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 watch the best team in the history of the league play, and I can see people who say, why would I want to see this again? If I know what the outcome is going to be, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, even if you told me the final score, I want to see how they got there. Um, you know, but I also know that I'm probably on, on, uh, not, you know, I'm probably the exception more than the rule. Um, you know, so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing because I, you know, the health of the league, it's never been more popular, you know, in terms of social engagement, in terms of news, in terms of, you know, all the things we talked about in terms of like the, you know, the, the ratings during the season, but, you know, if, if we're going to use the finals as a barometer, then yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's not good, but that's definitely been a lot of headlines lately. Like, is this, is this good for the league? And I think the only way we'll find out is in a year or two from now, you know, what, what that engagement is based on, because the Golden State Warriors don't look like they're stopping anytime soon. And if Clay Thompson takes a, an undermarket deal to stay there, um, you know, that's, it's going to continue on for quite some time. And, and, and at that point, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, there's going to be, you know, 29 other markets, you know, you know, wondering, you know, if they just have to wait it out or, or how that's going to work. So we'll, we'll see, I think. But, you know, if I'm Adam Silver, I mean, I'm, you know, he, he didn't seem too upset, you know, following, following that game four, um, you know, went into the Cavs locker room, I'm sure talked to them for a minute. And then obviously, you know, help, you know, handed the hand of the trophies to, to the Warriors. But it's, it's one of those things where, it, it, it's a it's a very much a different league than it has been in a very long time, and and how it plays out, I guess, kind of remains to be seen. 
I honestly think the Warriors could lose Klay Thompson and still win an NBA title. I don't obviously I don't think he'd be as dominant, but I think he could still be pretty damn good with that roster and still win titles. I think that's the luxury of being the Warriors right now. Obviously, I want to talk to you about what Kevin Durant had to say, and uh, he said, "Look, I think it's I'll paraphrase here a little." So I think it's easy to be the best player when there's no good players around you. I think it's harder to be a, a great player and stand out when, the, when there's greatness around you. This is obviously shade at LeBron. Now, there is an argument here, though, right? That, that, that if the roster's that good, that it is going to be a little harder to stand out. Is he wrong? He's, he has been he's a terrific player. Um, and I... I have no qualms in terms of like anytime I've asked him a question or something, he's been very gracious in terms of answering. But when he gets on these rants, it seems like there's a very much a need for like, to kind of like, I don't, it's like, it's like a self-serving thing. I, I don't understand where he's going with it. I mean, I guess I see his point, but I would also argue it's easy to be great when you just have single coverage an entire game because you can't have double teams just due to the fact that your team is amazing. I mean, you know, LeBron faces double teams, traps, blitzes. I mean, they, they, you know, other teams can throw everything at him, and he still has to thrive above it. And, you know, you, you can't double team anybody on the Warriors because they'll, they'll, they'll kill you. And so, yes, I guess it's, it's, it's harder to stand out when you're among greatness, but I would also argue his greatness is, is largely a function of being, you know, surrounded by these guys. I mean, you, he, you know, don't get me wrong, 6'11", to do the things he does is like a cheat code, but it's in the, in the same regard, you know, it's while one person has a difficult enough time guarding him, you, you, you can't afford to throw two or three at him because of the rest of that team. So he, he's, he can, he's consistently looking to justify, I think his move to golden state, which is, I think, Agreed. you know, it, three, three years later is kind of a weird move. Um, and he's, he's very, very good. And I just don't know why he can't, just take the titles and the and the finals MVPs and be okay with it and not have to, you know, add these kind of things to the fire. Well, because the fan bases won't let him. Because Twitter won't let him. Because everybody wants to argue. Everybody wants to call him a snake. Everybody wants to tell him he took the easy way. And I think that's part of the reason why. Now, you're the professional. You're supposed to be able to block that stuff out and not necessarily have that, you know, you know, permeate in your brain. But we've seen Kevin Durant. I mean, dude, after he won the first title, he was on there in burner accounts talking trash on Twitter. It's just who he is. It's, it's just who these newer newer athletes are. I want to go back to LeBron James, and I do believe he's gonna. I do believe he's gonna leave the Cavaliers. You think there's any chance it's a he allows a sign and trade to go away? What do you mean allow? I mean, it's you mean like sign, like pick up his option and get, get moved and sign a deal somewhere else, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of how they did with Miami the last time around. Yeah, maybe. Um, but at that point, that's I, I, when you talk legacy, um, which I don't know if that matters much to him. Uh, I think that's the worst case scenario. Um, forcing a trade out of Cleveland, you know, he probably sees it as a letting Cleveland get something back in return for him, where I think a lot of people would say, look, you're, 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 you're trying, you're forcing your way out of here and, and you're trying to take the money to do it. Um, because Cleveland can pay him more than anybody else. Right. You know, so, so it'd be, it'd be kind of, you know, very similar to Miami kind of get the best of both worlds situation. Uh, he could, I guess, um, out of all the options, whether it's sign a free agent deal somewhere else or stay here. Um, I think, I think, pick up the option and stay would, would rank ahead of pick up the option and, and, and force a trade. I, 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 I'm not counting it out. Um, I, and I don't know what the Cavs could get back in return that would make it worthwhile. 
um, because because you're you're really you know building the team from ground up at that point. Sure. Um, you know, so you'd take on a bunch of salary, and I don't know how that would make sense, especially given your luxury tax situation. Um, but I I I'd be shocked. Eh, no, I don't say shocked because it's the NBA and anything could happen. But that would be the if I had to rank them, that would probably be towards the bottom of the list. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Again, you can find Scott on Twitter at WFNY. Scott, buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, guys. Take care. You have a great week. More Sandsbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, hooking you up with those incarceration tickets. That will be 9.30 this morning on the program. That's when we'll do that. I want to thank Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com one more time for joining the program. If you missed that, you'll be able to podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Still to come, 9 o'clock, medical marijuana has been approved to treat 21 conditions in Ohio. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll look at what those conditions are. Being bored in the afternoon, one of them? <laughs> Just, I don't got anything going on. What else yes. am I supposed to do? Well, I, I, I will tell you, they're <laughs> as ridiculous as that. Okay. Something that's not all that ridiculous um, and a pretty serious subject, and this uh, feels a little strange, just coming out of Lincoln Park there, um, where according to this report I read over the weekend, suicide rates in the country are up 30% since 1999. Wow. Talking like 19 years. Wow. 30% across the country. Now, there's one state in particular where they did not go up, and that was Nevada. However, Nevada already had one of the highest rates of suicide in the country. So therefore, theirs didn't rise all that much because they were already they were they were outpacing us. Yeah, I mean, anytime we start talking about averages and stuff like that, you're going to have to look at. But for, as a whole, I mean, thirty percent is a significant amount. There. Yes, oh, since 1999, <clears throat> nearly 45,000 people died by suicide in the year of 2016 alone. That seems very very high to me. Now, obviously, the Anthony Bourdain cases and like those types of cases get all the news, right? Mm-hmm. But we know here locally we have been dealing with this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a bunch of it happen in Perry, and like we were wondering like what's going on here and that whole thing. Everybody's got their opinion on what's going on. Now, I think any situation this serious, it's never going to be this is the thing right here. It's never going to be one. It's always right. going to be a combination of, of a few. But I believe we know what one of them is. But we're in denial pretty seriously about it because we know it's dangerous. We know it's mentally not good for us, but yet we keep going back to it. And I think it's the cell phone. I don't think that you can deny the fact that there has been a rise in not only the amount of people with a cell phone since 1999, but the amount of things you do via your cell phone since 1999 and that you constantly go back to it. We now seen that it triggers the, 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 uh, the addiction part of the brain and you get a dopamine release by checking your social media platforms and then you, what, you, you spike and then you go down. I'd want to see what the, what the numbers were. Leading from 89 to 99, 99 to 09, and then 09 to now. Because 09 to now, essentially smartphones really jumped off in 07, 08, somewhere in that general vicinity. That's about right. I think the first iPhone came out in 2007. And so we weren't, we weren't addicted to them in 2007, day one, like we are now. No. I would like to see those three decades of like, well, where, where did, where did this really tip? Where did this really take off here? I think the keeping up with the Joneses aspect of a cell phone is, is is really bad. 
I think it used to be, yeah, you'd look at your neighbor's driveway, maybe their car was a little nicer than yours, but trying to keep up and trying to pretend that you're like this happy and trying to, you know what I mean? And then again, like the, the constant berating of you'd get teased in school, but it would end. Now it doesn't. You go home and there's like, you know, Snapchat and all this stuff that like, and I think that that is leading to some of this. I think there's no denying that when I use my cell phone less, I feel more optimistic. That the moment, like, and I have to read a little bit more than the average bear, but when I start to open Twitter over the weekend and start to try to find things to talk about for the show for Monday, Tuesday, whatever it should be, honestly, I feel worse. And so if that's true of me, I think it's going to be true of a lot of people. Yeah, I I, I guess there's... It's all negative news. There's going to be a little bit of... um there's going to be some people who are like, you know, hey, I was lonely before I had the internet or before this was, and, and, and this helped me find people. But I think for the most part, there's going to be more on the side of it's detrimental to your mental health as opposed to positive to it. Now, I mean, I, I, I very much look at the internet and a lot of, you know, whether it's social media or whatever, um, the same way I look at guns where it's like, it's not inherently evil or positive. It's how you, it's use, how it. you use it. Sure. It's what you do with it. It's your relationship that you have with it there that's really going to. So is it like, I, I mean, I guess is it is is that is that is it Facebook's fault or is it our fault that, that we're using it the way that we are? Well, you can't blame Facebook. You can't blame. No, no, no. You can't blame the platform. It's, it's on you as a consumer to regulate how much you use this stuff. But I, I, what I think this is, is primarily, there's going to be a thousand contributing factors. But in my very amateur estimation, right, I've not been clinically, you know what I mean, you know, uh, you know, I mean, schooled in the ways of this. But in my estimation, it is the fact that I believe most Americans feel more financially destitute than they ever have in their life. You feel more trapped by your financial situation than ever before. And you combine that with the dopamine hit of a cell phone, those two things hand in hand are bad. Yeah, I think that if anything, I would say social media and phones and our, 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 our you know, addiction to them is probably the accelerants where, yeah, I think that the, I think the economic outlook of the, of, of the country has played a part of it. For sure. It I think the lack of. What do I want to say here? Um, I think anything virtuous nowadays is very much mocked and very much looked at as whether it's like, oh, my God, you're so lame or, oh, my God, like your virtue signaling. So I think a lot of people have kind of what do I want to say here? backed off of some stuff where it's like it's no longer you know 50 years ago doing something good for your community your country your your neighbor was looked at as like dude you're a good guy like you're you're doing something over here now it's not like it's not what it used to be so i think there's a feeling of desperation a desperate feeling of like we're all in it for ourselves well, and for nobody else here. No matter what you do, somebody wants to point out the negative yep. side of what it is yep. you just have done. That is that is the nature of social media. I would agree with that. It's just, and like you said, there is no, there's, with so many, there's so much nuance to suicide and so much individual cases are going to be different from case to case to case. I, 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 we all want to look at the one thing that it is, but I, it's, it's a perfect storm. We have a couple of different, um, they say factors that led into this, all right? 9% of people who had committed suicide, they say, had a criminal legal problem. 22% of them had a physical health issue. 
29% had some sort of crisis, which like, that's a pretty wide umbrella. Yeah. I feel like we're all going to be able to you know, fit underneath that one. 16% had a job or financial problems. 28% had substance abuse issues. And 42% of the people that had committed suicide had a relationship problem. I can't believe all those numbers aren't doubled, at least, minimum. I mean, they're talking financial problems. They said 16%. I thought that was going to be 85%. I, now, I'm one of these people that financial problems make me feel helpless. That sucks. In between jobs, I have had very um, dark, twisted, probably suicidal type, want to just throw my hands up, give up thoughts, because you just don't, especially the older you get, the older you get and you don't make a living, the more you feel like, God, I don't matter. Like, I, I, like what, what am I worth? What am I doing? And that's a horrible feeling. And I could see people leading themselves down that path and just continuing to twirl because of the last, it's an embarrassing thing to talk to other people about. Yeah. So many of everything you just listed there, it is that out of control feeling that you're describing. It's whether you have no control over your finances. And I mean, dude, in between jobs, you'll feel like that. I think people feel like that in between paychecks. You know what I mean? There's that little bit of like, dude, I got paid Monday and it's Friday and I got another 10 days plus before I get paid again. And oh my God, dude, my if I can't do 50 it. Bucks for this right and, and if yeah. i can't do it now yeah, how am i going to sure. do it in the future and, and 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 all those things it's just when you feel like your life's decisions is out of control like you no longer have grasp of the steering wheel i think it is i think a lot of people throw their hands up and and maybe don't take it to that extent but you have those feelings of like well maybe it'd be better if i just wasn't here they're asking me via twitter are we counting heroin overdoses as suicide we should no we're not counting that where they they are counting people who have electively taken their life yes there are people who try to push drugs far enough to do that but th- we're talking about people who like we legitimately know this is we need I'm committing suicide. Yeah, difference between a a, a heroin overdose death in the and sense of... You should not conflate yeah, those I mean, numbers those... together. I can't think of a dumber idea than conflating those two numbers together because you'll never get to the, you'll never get to root causes. You'll never find out, you know, um, spikes in certain things for this. I think it's all about the cell phone, dude. And I, and I think, not all about, but I think it's hugely about the cell phone. And it's one of those things you can't escape it. You yeah, we're, not, we're not, not taking it away. <laughs> you, you can't stop using it because of how much stuff you do with it. Like the other day, right, Saturday, I played in a golf outing, and I wanted to not be on my phone. But somebody was like, hey, man, can somebody turn on some music? And I have a Bluetooth speaker in my golf bag, so there it is. Now my phone's out. Now I'm streaming iHeartRadio on the golf course, and now we're doing this. And now since the phone's in there and it's being used for something else, well, let's check Instagram. Ah, let's check Twitter. Let's check Facebook. And again, I felt worse. When I get out of work and I shut that thing off and I go like for a walk, maybe hike in the woods a little bit, play golf, just get outside, I just feel better. And the moment I open that thing up and that dopamine hit of the news timeline starts to flash automatically, immediately, it's just, it's instant. I just feel worse, more negative, down, loss of energy. I just think we need to start policing ourselves much better with what we do and how much we're on these things. Because I just think, I don't think there's, I don't think it can be denied that, that the rise of cell phone use and the rise of suicide rates are along the same exact timeline. That's crazy. Bill Maher is a political pundit that I love. I watch his show pretty much every chance I get, but he has said something legitimately crazy, and we'll play you that audio. That's next on Rock 106.
Yo guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now if you're anything like me, man, I was wearing glasses and contacts since like the second grade. That's out of my life now. I don't have to worry about where my glasses are in the morning. I don't have to worry about do I have enough contacts or do I have solution. None of that stuff is a concern for me. And I can remember sometimes I just didn't feel like putting my contacts in so I'd wear my glasses. Problem with that is I couldn't wear sunglasses, which is a major problem in the summertime and I don't have to worry about it anymore thanks to my good friends at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, LASIK surgery, it is surgery, which is why you probably have a lot of questions. Maybe you have some concerns, dude, and I want you to visit the website, roholtvision.com. While you're there, you can take a self-evaluation test. You can find some of the frequently asked questions about LASIK, and you can check out the financing options as well, dude. Make an investment in yourself. Check it out today, roholtvision.com. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We'll get you hooked up with those incarceration tickets around 930 this morning, 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. So, I get that the president is super polarizing. And it does seem like you either love him or hate him. And more so, it even seems like if you're in the middle and you kind of like, I don't really care either way, that people like want to yell at you for that. Oh, yeah, everyone hates you. If you, yeah, you can love or hate the president, fine. But if you're just like, yeah, 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 well, dude, everyone hates you. And I have to admit that I've gotten a little complacent with this presidency, where it's like, dude, there's just like I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. So where I, like, I've been, I've been sticking my head in the sand on a few things recently. I can't necessarily fault you or anyone else for doing that with the amount of. I'm just exhausted yeah, from it. Yeah, it is. It's it's exhausting. It is. And and to, I feel like he's been president ten years. And to try to keep up with everything is almost impossible. Like there's just so many on a day to day basis where it's like, oh, where, where'd that go? Oh. And, it's just all the time. And I think he's benefiting even a little bit from like how many people are ringing this bell about how awful every last thing is where there's people like me then, dude, all you do is tell me how everything he's doing is bad. Like it can't be everything where there's a little bit of me that's like, ah, all right, I'm just sick of hearing you tell me how bad he is. Right. Now, the thing I'm going to say about that is you just you don't want to allow people's overreaction to cause underreactions from you. That's fair. That is fair. And it has done that to me a little bit. Right. Now, I love Bill Maher. Not that I always agree with him, but I find him to be reasonably intelligent, and he presents things in a unique way. He's entertaining. He's a little smarmy for my taste, but... He, I'm surprised. He's, 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 he does his homework, so I, I will give him that. And, I, and he's really invested, I think. I think he is one of these people who does, pay, who does really pay attention, what, does want to try to you know, get down in the muck and try to figure out what's going on. But I believe the president makes people so crazy... That even people I respect and like end up saying things just to be on the opposite side of them. Just they hate them so much that they end up saying something crazy. And I feel like Bill Maher fell into that trap. And here's this quote. I feel like the bottom has to fall out at some point. And by the way, I'm hoping for it because I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please bring on the recession. Sorry if that hurts people, but it's either root for a recession or you lose your democracy. Okay, I think that's a little crazy. I think that's a little far. And I also think it's an easy thing for a multimillionaire Hollywood elitist type yeah, to yeah. say. Yeah. And that if you're the average human being, agree, disagree with Trump, what you want is a strong economy. No matter who brings it to you, and we can argue all day about whose economy this really is, and is this a byproduct still of things that Obama put in place before leaving office, and yes, it takes a few years for things to catch up, and this, that. We could debate all day about whose economy it is right now, but at the end of the day, you want a strong economy. Guess the counter to this. 
and it's not necessarily what I think, but I guess the counter to this is the concept of democracy, the concept of, you know, the power structure of American politics is far bigger than the economy at any one given moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the economy like in 1978? Mm, I don't necessarily know, but I know democracy survived through it. So, like, that... I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying there because there are things that are more important in the big picture. That's like, you know... How, how do I want to put this? Um, You know... You don't you don't want to break a leg, but if you break a leg and they find a tumor in there and it ends up saving your life, you're like, damn, I'm glad I broke that leg. Silver lining. You know, uh, yeah, like f- finding good through bad, I guess. To me, this is such a cop out. What a dumb thing to say. Yeah. Because to me, what this says is we are incapable. And by we, I mean our side of the political aisle. We are incapable of finding and grooming. And this is what I've been saying since the election. Where's our heavyweight? We don't have a heavyweight. And so as we want to lob mortar after mortar after mortar at the president, instead of, and that's all we want to do, I've been saying since the election, why are we not combing the countryside, finding our heavyweight, and grooming the hell out of them? We thought it was going to be the next Kennedy, and then he got taken down by lip balm. The only thing I'll say about that, and you're right, there is a little bit of like, well, you need to start thinking proactively. You probably aren't going to have that rollout until after the midterm elections. You're probably going to wait, but yes, I see what you're saying. For a full rollout, but don't you feel like there would be an underbelly, a grassroots movement surrounding somebody? I'm hearing it's Bernie Sanders again they're thinking about. Um, Yes, you would think that. It's just... It's just necessarily that person isn't going to emerge as the obvious contender at this point. That might be true. I but, might be. I be. I might be making it too easy, but I don't think I am. But I think what the real problem is here is like, if you're going to be a talking head here, and you're going to be Bill Maher, and you're going to try to make these points, like you got to understand that like the nuance of your statement there of 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 trying to explain to people. Well, I don't really mean I want America to go crappy. I just think it's more important we get a what I view as a tyrannical dictator out of the White House before I worry about the economy. Dude, you, you're, you're losing the message there. It's a very muddy yes. waters, and you have to be clear with what you say. And if you give people the soundbite that says, I hope the economy you know, tanks. He I knows better sucks. than this. Well, and he knows, but he, he he's lucky because he gets to sit, like you said, as that celebrity, as that you know talking head. He's got no negative repercussions. He's, I well, mean, what's going to happen to him? Well, the negative repercussions are is what you do then is you sell. Now the other side said this is what we've been saying all along, that the Democrats hate America. I, as Bill Maher, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not a politician. Well, I'm not a politician. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to worry about what the president's doing and how that affects democracy, you cannot sit there on your show real time on HBO and pretend that you don't sway people's opinions and you don't you don't bring negative connotations about, dude, you're, you're affecting democracy with your show. But nobody nearly as much as the president. No media member has nearly as much weight as the president that's probably true but again man like you give the you give the other side this thing see democrats hate america yeah Yeah, give them the soundbite you are but 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 once again this isn't about bill maher doing what's best for democrats he's doing what's best for him bill maher yeah that's his, his final his final you know 
he doesn't care. If anything, it's probably like, dude, I hope Trump stays in power. I hope I give him the ability because then I get to be more of who I want to be. It's harder. It's harder to be the party in power when you're a when you're a dissenter, when you're a like, ah, you know what the problem is? It's just like, dude, I mean, it's just like, you know, Rush Limbaugh. It's like, well, dude, of course I want Hillary to be president because then I get someone to crap on for eight years. Right. Shows are easier. It's just what a, that was such a dumb quote when I heard yeah, that. Dumb. Like I, I, I have disagreed with a bunch of things that have happened in this Trump presidency, but I can't root for America's economy to fail. And I actually told somebody this on Saturday. I was playing golf with a buddy of mine, and I said, "I feel like the Trump presidency is going to go down like this. That in the moment, in the moment, it looks like chaos. It looks like absolute like absurdity." But 20 years down the road after he leaves the White House, I believe our side of the aisle is going to have to look back and go, well, that, that, and that were all all right, though. I do believe that in the end, and I always say that's how you have to judge presidents. You can't judge them until 15, 20 years after they're done. It takes, it takes time for things to unfold. And I believe that in the end, we will look back on the Trump presidency and be like, all right, we didn't love everything, but we have to begrudgingly admit that this, this, and this were all pretty positive. And we're unable to do that in the moment right now. Medical marijuana has been approved in Ohio to treat 21 conditions. I have the list and I'm eye rolling it already. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got the Stansberry Show here for Elite Security Consultants. Fantone and myself will both be on site July 14th as they're going to give you the opportunity to take a door. Essentially what they have is they have a hostage type situation building and you kick the door open and you clear the room out. Fantone and I both did it and it's awesome. It's an absolutely amazing experience, dude. And if you've ever thought... See that at ESCOhio.com. That's ESCOhio.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Ow, I just had a Charlie horse happened in my leg. Ow, that hurt like hell. I apologize. I'm trying to get through this without without wincing in pain. I have here a list. Oh my god. Alright, let's set it up this way. I am a marijuana proponent. Okay? I believe that marijuana should be legal to purchase anywhere. And I don't think it should be medical. I don't think it should be this. Dude, this is well within the purview of things we allow adults to do. As a matter of fact, dude, when you stack marijuana next to booze, it's almost crazy which one's allowed to be bought everywhere and the other one's not. It's crazy. Right. I would say the same thing about cigarettes. I mean, you compare the negative effects of marijuana to the negative effects of cigarettes, and it's like, man, how how do we have this so so backwards? Reefer Madness has taken over this country, and it has forever, and you know, people just have it in their mind that it's this evil plant, even though I don't understand why. We've seen its benefits a million times over. I think all you got to do is look at Oregon, Nevada, and Colorado, all just raining money from it, all job creation because of it. And as a matter of fact, I said this when I got back from Las Vegas, that honestly, you didn't even really could tell they were, they were there. Everybody's always worried, oh my God, it's just going to smell like weed everywhere you go. And it turns out, no, in Vegas, it's not like that at all. They don't have that problem at all. And dude, you compare what Stark County smells like right now. I don't know. I think smelling like weed would be all right. Yeah, might, I mean, might be an upgrade depending on where you are. Right. We just, I don't know why we demonize this the way we do. Right. Especially, like I said, you stack up the negative effects of alcohol next to the negative effects of marijuana. It's mm-hmm. not even close. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. So now medicinal marijuana will be applied here in the state of Ohio. And I have a list of the 21 health conditions 
that could qualify for you to get a medical marijuana card in Ohio. Now, as a user of said product occasionally, I do not want a medical marijuana card. Okay. I will not be applying for a medical marijuana card. I don't want because what I I would I would rather wait for push for full on legalization and I believe the more people that try to sign up for a medical card the less likely we are to get that in the end. Yeah, worth noting too and uh, you know we had uh, Dr. Matt Noise on not too long ago to talk about medical marijuana in the Buckeye state here. Um worth noting uh you don't get to smoke weed if you get one of these med- Ohio medical marijuana cards. This is for uh, extracts, this is for edibles. It is not for like yo I'm just drive- driving around smoking a blunt. That would that is not you're not allowed to smoke flour. That's the that's the other reason why I believe I would rather just have full on legalization because I want people to be able to have the choice of what they want. Now, I do believe marijuana holds some I don't want to say medical benefits, but I believe it 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 can it can be a positive in pain treatment. I think it can be positive in pain treatment. I think it can be positive in mental health, and I think it can obviously be positive when it comes to people that have certain um uh, seizure type issues. Like I've seen enough. I've seen enough evidence of that to me, where it's like, dude, this kid's having twelve seizures a day. Started taking, you know, uh, medical marijuana and is down to two. That's there's there's some stuff. Now there's people who are like, well, it takes care of my asthma and it takes care of you know my my gout and it takes care of my jaundice. And I'm like, shut up. It doesn't take care of any of that. But you know, I think there's 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 points to the med- to the medical aspects. Ulcerative colitis is okay. one of these conditions that will qualify. Traumatic brain injury okay. is another one of these. Tourette's syndrome. Now that I could maybe see because it's, because I do understand that marijuana has a calming effect over the brain. Yeah, I would say the same thing with uh, you know, brain injuries and, you know. Spinal cord disease or injury. Again, if you're having spinal pain, maybe I could see that. Sickle cell anemia. I don't know enough about that condition to know whether or not. Post-traumatic stress disorder, I do believe. That I do believe marijuana, because again, anxiety will come through that. And there's a little bit, I believe there are people who self-medicate, hand-raised, who have a little bit of that, and it's like, okay, we'll breathe. Versus Xanax, I'll do this. Right. Which I don't know why people are like, well, Xanax perfectly okay, but if you smoke a joint, you're a drug addict. I mean, it's it's like, the way we look at drugs in this country is absolutely 100% ridiculous. And for the amount of people who I know who are anti-marijuana but are sugar addicts, it's like, do you want to call me a drug addict? How's that How's that six-pack of whatever, you know, sugary breakfast thing that, that, that you're shoving in your face going? How's that going, drug addict? Post-traumatic stress disorder, I totally buy. Parkinson's disease, I could maybe see that one. But do they get into a little crazy here? Like AIDS is on the list. AIDS is on the list of medical conditions that marijuana is going to help me with. Is there any associated pain from AIDS? I would imagine so, but you got to be careful here because I don't now. Again, I don't know if this still remains to be true, but once upon a time, what weren't AIDS medication very intricate? Isn't it like eleven pills that all have to be taken on a very serious regimen? I think it's very complicated. The AIDS medication. Yeah, but I mean, does it, so because I, I smoke a joint, I'm not able to take my 11 pills? I just, I I don't know what kind of pain comes with that. It just seems like, it. this all seems like, well, we're just going to throw them all in here. Like, hepatitis C's on this list. What about the anxiety that comes from, yo, I have AIDS? <sighs> well, then, yeah, I would have just put it under anxiety then. You know what I mean? Because, yes, you're going to have anxiety over any, you know, life-threatening disease you may have. Alzheimer's disease is on here too, which I found interesting because the rumor had always been, the wives' tale had always been that the more weed you smoke, the more likely you're to bring on Alzheimer's disease. 
So it seems very weird that they would put this in here. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's proven or not. I really. Don't. I don't know that. It, it, obviously, the joke of us oh, Sooners can't remember anything, and therefore Alzheimer's. Right. It's very easy to draw the line. I don't know if there's science behind that. I do not know. I do believe marijuana could help you with the pain that comes from cancer, and they're saying cancer's on this list, and I could totally see that. That I know certain cancers are really, really painful, and I would agree that marijuana does have some pain-relieving tendencies to it. And certainly when it comes to you're going through chemotherapy and they want you to eat, you don't necessarily have the appetite anymore. Marijuana can help that out. Yeah, I remember once upon a time we had a drug czar in this country say we weren't sure marijuana had that effect. And I remember a comedian, uh, Greg Giraldo, saying that's a guy who's never found himself in a 7-Eleven at 4 o'clock in the morning heating up a microwave burrito. It's like, yes, obviously, dude, marijuana brings on hunger. Just standing there at the Taco Bell line like, uh, all of it. (laughs) All of it. All $22. Right. This whole thing just makes me so crazy, though, because, again. Like you can drive, we have drive-through liquor stores, dude. Where, dude, what a drinking and driving is like the, one of the worst things you can do, right? We have drive-through liquor stores, and yet we're resistant to marijuana in this country for what? To for what? Only the only reason to be resistant to it is because we have to, as a country, as a nation, admit we've been wrong this whole time. I um I stand firm that uh, the federal legalization of marijuana is going to come like gay marriage. One Tuesday, we're just going to wake up and it's going to be like, hey, by the way, yeah, you're weed's, probably right. le- weed's legal in all 50 states here. You're probably um, right. And I feel like it happens in our lifetime, and I feel like it probably happens relatively soon. I would say within the next decade, by 2030 for sure, I think it's a federally you know legal thing. Um, How much money do we got to see made? I uh I uh. I agree with you that I want weed legalized and I want it just to be legal. I don't want to necessarily have to hide behind medical, but like there is a part of me that's like, well, if we're not going to get that in Ohio and it doesn't seem like we're going to, well, at least if we get this medical thing up and off the ground and hopefully that it doesn't cure the problem right out of the gate, but hopefully it leads to, hey, 10 years from now, maybe maybe reefer madness wasn't so legit. Maybe we should reevaluate. I feel like it's one of the steps on the ladder. I agree it's not far enough, but I feel like it's it's better to take that baby step than no step at all. Your take is give me first downs and then a touchdown? What else are we going to do? Rather than, rather than be the Ohio of the past, where we have to get dragged into everything. I just, if the economy is your argument, if if America needs a stronger economy, if that, if you're, this is where conservatives lose me. This is where you lose me. You're, you're, the whole thing's about the economy, the economy, the economy. And every state that's legalized this is just bagging just huge bags of cash and applying it the right way and dude in Colorado they're housing homeless veterans with the money they're dude all these states are just tripping over $100 bills and yet you still don't want to do it don't tell me what to do don't tell me what to do less government in my life and then this comes around and it's like no le- yeah, you know make I, the whole thing illegal exactly exactly right these people want to like shrink government down so so small that it fits in my bedroom and yet you're you're and yet you're you're worried about the fact that people are going to buy marijuana over what over what? We're already buying marijuana. It's right, already it's here. It's like I've been saying forever, it's like happening. these e-cigs, the amount of people you see in restaurants smoking e-cigs where that's not nicotine, it's marijuana, it's already happening. This thing you're super afraid of is already going on. And again, the states that have legalized are tripping over bags of cash. Why are we cutting off our nose to spite our face? Quit, it's such a it is such a stupid stupid thing. Just let people be who they're going to be. That's who they're going to be anyway. I don't understand that at all. A huge restaurant chain, brand, major brand in the country 
is screwing around with their name, and I'm not sure why. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, text the keyword SHOT to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message is 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have those incarceration tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. That lineup, pretty damn good. Yeah. Band I love. Uh, Clutch is going to be there. I like Bush a lot. They're going to be there as well. Yeah, a lot of good bands. Uh, we'll put you in here momentarily. So there was a lot of speculation, and I don't know why there should have this should have been easily um, uh, figured out. I thought um, there's a restaurant chain, IHOP, International House of Pancakes, and they had been messing around with their logo, and they had done this thing where they had put it out, and it said I H O B, and like what would the change be? Well, we know now it's burgers, is what they're doing, and. I don't know why anybody's caught off guard by that. I thought the B was pretty obvious. I mean, it's like you're a restaurant. How many different things is it going to be? Um, but I don't know why you would do this. And, I, and I'd be interested to find out maybe why you would think about doing this. Um, I was under the impression you had a pretty successful brand. I mean, the food did pretty damn good. Um, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a really good breakfast place. I'm surprised they're going to do this um, for a couple of different things. Normally when your brand... And your taglines and the thing are successful. You don't mess with it. It's it's Coke on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's not Coke and then something else a different. You stick with it. it is IHOP that successful though? I just assume because they're everywhere. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they. I, I don't. To be to answer the question honestly, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is I don't think that that's necessarily a top of mind brand for anybody. I don't think that's a very commonly. You know, yeah, everyone's going to look for ways to kind of, you know, reinvent themselves and, you know, re like put yourself back into the um into the public, you know, eye. But I just don't think I hop. I think that's a very stale brand. I think that is probably why they decided to do it is like, yo, we're, we're, we're in a rut here and we don't have any way out of it. Well, yeah, I don't think you do this unless you feel as if you have to. I, I would agree with that. So, I, you know, and I don't know what their bottom line is. I don't know what their numbers are. I don't know. But this does feel like a crowded space, right? Like, Burgers feels very crowded. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is I felt like this was unexpected. International House of Burgers, I would have thought brunch because then at that point you can be pancakes and you can be burgers. You can be both things there where in in brunch is very much a, you know, and not new, but like I think a lot of people are like re, what do I want to say, like re-enamored with the thought of brunch. Like, oh yeah, we'll go on the weekend and it'll be Sunday fun day. Cyclical, yeah. I mean, you you go through eras where it's big and then not and it's probably getting hot again. So to me, the 1030 meal seemed right. Like the 1030 through noon meal seemed like, well, that's exactly what you're going for. International House of Brunch, I don't know. I think burgers is dumb. Are you still serving breakfast? I I mean, every, I mean, even, like, I think restaurant, like, true-to-the-heart restaurants are behind in the burger game, meaning, dude, bars are getting really good at this now. I mean, look how good the burger is at George's. That's a bar. That That is a domestic, light, and, and, and Jameson shot bar. 
And yet the burger's fantastic because bars have figured this out. Like, you can't get by with booze alone anymore. You have to serve really good food now. Yeah, and I am, I mean, you can make a burger at home, a pretty decent one. But, dude, I order so many burgers when I go out. Like, that's almost my default is, like, I don't know. There, There's... It's kind of hard to screw up. Well, they're they're different. They're different than like a home burger. Where I feel like I, you know, don't get me wrong. You go to a nice steakhouse, but like I can make a sirloin at home taste just as good as the one at, you know from 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 the two for twenty five menu. But like burgers, there's something different about the restaurant burger to me that I can't necessarily replicate at home. I'm with you. Brunch would have been the better way to yeah. go. That yeah. would have been the better way to go. I'm being asked uh, via Twitter, who do you think's bigger slash better, IHOP or wa- or Waffle House? I would say nationwide, I would think IHOP is bigger. If I'm asking what would I, who am I picking for breakfast right there, I'm probably going to, I'm probably, I would probably go to IHOP over Waffle House, but that's, I mean, dude, that, that, what, six to five there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Neither one of them feel like they got the leading edge on the other one to me. Um, Bob's, but I don't know. Bob's is my pick. If I'm going to pick between all the breakfast joints, Cracker Barrel, IHOP, you know, I'm going oh, to I'm going to Bob Evans. Dude, I love the barrel. Oh, but that's good, dude. It I is. love the barrel. The barrel's good with stuff. It. The barrel's the good stuff. Uh, you know what I just had from Bob Evans the other day when I was sick? Actually, is my mom sent me chicken noodle soup via Grubhub from there. Right. And I, dude, the chicken noodle soup at Bob Evans was so good. It's like thick noodles. It was so good. I mean, that's the thing though is like yes we all think of bob evans as like a breakfast place you're gonna have to diversify which is why that just that international house of burgers doesn't make sense to me brunch is diverse you can be hey we've got you know we've got you know things all people right we've got berry french toast in the summertime we've got these soups in the winter time we've got burgers we've got this we've got you know all these different things but dude once you're the international house of burgers you've put yourself in in, in a very if you thought pancakes was a rut if you thought that was a you know what are you gonna do here? What's the best breakfast food? Pancake, French toast. What's the? I, do I get to? I get to pick anything breakfast wise. Yeah, sausage gravy over something over biscuits. There, that's what I'm going with. That's pretty good. Pretty damn good, dude. I can't. I don't get me wrong. Steak and eggs is pretty good. I'll do sweetness in the morning, but like pancakes, I don't need that. I don't. I don't. I don't have to do that. Um, I I like I can make a pretty good pancake. So right. if I'm going to get pancakes, I'll probably just make those, but French toast or like a good waffle. Okay, so if you had to pick between those three, waffles, French toast, pancakes, where are you at? What's your, what's your, what's your power? Stand bare with the power rankings. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, can, I, I can get a frozen waffle and make it at home. Yeah. French toast feels like I got laid last night, so let me make breakfast. <laughs> so like, I feel like that is like – I feel like French toast is special. But I'm probably less likely to order it in a restaurant. I'm probably more likely to go with the waffle. Give me a little whipped cream, okay. maybe maybe a little blueberry on top of that, and that's the way I'm I'm gonna go with that. I am um, burgers feels like a very crowded space to me. Uh, like I said, every good bar's got a really good burger now. That this feels very crowded. I'm with Fantone. I would have went brunch there. We will end the show by passing out these incarceration tickets. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock. 1069 Rock 1069 Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 1069 nearing the end of it now, though. If you missed anything from today, you can podcast at WRQK.com. Uh, I want to address this LeBron's hand thing one more time. I apparently punched like a like a dry erase board after game one. And uh, I don't think you get I don't think you get let off the hook. Um, for a self-inflicted injury. No, um, no. They were saying today, though, that LeBron's camp is not responsible for this information getting out, that he was more comfortable, from what I'm hearing, 
with uh, he just didn't have a, ga- a, a great game for. He was more comfortable with that narrative than he would have been he did this to himself. I think there's a little bit of, especially from LeBron, somebody who's so calculated and somebody who's been so intelligent with their career, there's probably a little bit of embarrassment there of like, oh, dude, yeah, God, what an idiot I was. I've never understood that I'm going to punch an inanimate object guy, like guys who punch walls. Like, what are you doing? I can't knock it fully because I am the kind of guy who's going to throw something across a room. Like I like the like last week when I was sick, I came up here. I had to come up here and I had to try to print out my um, my medical ID card, and it wasn't working. And I didn't feel great, and it wasn't working. And I was slamming the phone receiver back down to the like the, the you know the you know the desk part of it, Jesus. and I was like throwing things around the office. And I am that guy where I where I will let anger out. Well, at least that's not injuring yourself. I mean, like, yeah, you're gonna have to clean something up. I, I'm I'm also on that. Like, people who will like, I'm gonna throw this coffee mug against the wall, and I'm like, well, it's your house. What are you what are you, what are you doing here? Aren't dude? you gonna be more mad when you're mopping that up? Yeah, I. Uh this so I do believe he is embarrassed by this. Yeah, and should be. should be. Yeah, I mean it's it, you're still human. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do stuff like that. But big picture, I think this is a very very small footnote of like well whatever. Yeah, I don't think it. I mean it. It won't be on the tombstone or anything. Like I don't. Friday night, um, game four. I got to uh, host a Cavs watch party for the Canton Charge up at Jersey's in Belden, which was very cool. Shout out to everybody who came, dude. As usual, I mean, we go somewhere and it's like, dude, listen to the show every day. Oh, man, I love it. And it was like it was. It, it really was. It was great. Well, that's good. Um, but I've kind of held my Cavaliers thoughts in until we got to get to them this morning. And I think the one thing that I'm going to say, and I, I kind of alluded to it when we were talking to Scott, was how cathartic this season was for me as a Cavs fan. Um, after Friday night, and regardless what happens with LeBron in the future, I've come to the conclusion that I am no longer holding Cavaliers grudges. If LeBron leaves, I love you, bro. Thank you. I'm going back to wearing Kyrie Irvings. I'm wearing my Kyrie shirts again. I'm wearing that stuff again. I wish I had a Carlos Boozer jersey because I am no longer. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just done with the. I'm not going to cheer you, Kyrie in Boston. You're not my dude anymore. But I am. I'm no longer holding on to that anger of like you left me. I'm done with it. Well, that's healthy. I, I, I have to be, dude. It just there's there was there was something about it, and when that zero zero hit, I was like. It's all out now. Like it's gone. It's free and and I'm wearing my Kyrie's again I decided. It's for me fandom has to change in the era in which you're rooting. Is that it used to be the guys were in on their career forever in one team and like only like you know extreme cases where guys were moving around. It's not that way. It's we, we are we are in the player mobility era. And it's never been more important to cheer, to cheer for the front of the jersey than the back because the back's not going to be around. No matter who it is, not just LeBron, anybody, nobody's safe anymore. Everybody wants, you know, I mean, everybody's always looking for the next opportunity, and you are too in your job. And that's my thing is like, you want to, you want LeBron to stay, that's totally okay. But if you're going to knock him simply because he wants to go somewhere else for a different or a better opportunity, if that's what he sees fit, like you people lose me because the moment I offered you that opportunity, you would, there'd be cartoon smoke coming from your feet. Either yes, you would there or B, you wouldn't. And that's why you're in the same place you've been for your entire life is because you never yes, took that chance. Fair. You never pushed yourself. You never looked what lie outside of Alliance, Ohio. You never tried. You played it safe. And so therefore your Fantone's right. You Play it safe in there, so in there you find a way to hate people who do not. But I, I posted this the other day. It was like, dude, LeBron, you're the baddest man alive. You're the, definitely the best player in the NBA today. And 
I said that if you came here and you won a title, I wouldn't care if you left. No, I do care that you're going to leave. Yeah. I do. I would rather you stay. But I have to be a man of my word. And as a professional, I want the ability to go wherever I want to make a living. I would rather stay in Canton the rest of my life. 15 years. Let's sign a 15-year deal right now. I'll retire right here. But if the right opportunity comes above and somebody calls me and offers me a job I didn't think I could get or maybe a job I didn't, I didn't think about, I want the ability to be able to go leave and go do that job. And if I want that ability for me, I don't know how I sit around here with a microphone and a bully pulpit and tell somebody else that they don't deserve that. That to me would be very, very hypocritical in in a manner that I don't want to be. I think he's leaving. I think he's got every right to go. He did exactly what we wanted him to do here. He ended, what, a 52-year drought of no titles. At the end of the day, nobody has earned their right to go make a living anywhere they want any more than LeBron James has, in my opinion. We will send you to see the incarceration show July 13th through the 15th. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. for New Turd Tuesday on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9.